Happy New Year! 也是比爱国三章的十一到的十三章安尼讲我想起这书心内就自忘咱无低高小别是出的也好话主播的阻碍是因为伊的顶边无低高断绝每早起这拢是新的伊的诚实极其广大 Lamentations 3 verses 21 to 23 says, This I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. The Lord's loving kindnesses indeed never cease, for His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Let us face the year 2022 filled with God's hope because our God is awesome, our God is powerful, and we can commit to Him ourselves, we can commit to Him our families, our church, our everything. for call 
and my hands are lifted to you. Are you ready for the new year? Now look at the person next to you and ask him or her, Are you ready for 2022? Are you ready not only for the new year, but for your best year ever? Now how do we do that? Every year, we greet each other Happy New Year. But many of us live the same year again and again and again. So how do we make the new year new? How do we make it different from the past years? How do we make this new year our best year ever? The secular world will probably say YOLO. YOLO is a popular aphorism meaning you only live once. It is a call to live life to the fullest extent, even embracing or involving risk. It is a thinking that one should make the most of the present moment without worrying about the future. Thus, it is often used as a rationale for justifying impulsive or reckless behavior. YOLO today may mean different things for different people. For some, it is partying away. Just enjoy life, have fun, eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we will all die anyway. For others, it is fulfilling what is in your bucket list traveling to your dream destination, or climbing Mount Everest. For some others, it may mean doing something beyond the ordinary, like biking around the world or bungee jumping from a bridge. Since you only live once, since YOLO, how then should we live? One of the keys to make your new year new or to make it your best year is to ask the right questions. 
What are the right questions that you can ask at the beginning of the year? One good question to ask this first Sunday of 2022 is, if Jesus were to return this year, would you be ready for his coming? Let me repeat, if Jesus were to return this year, would you be ready for his coming? Let me rephrase it. If you knew for sure Jesus will be returning in 2022, what would you change in your life right now? Are you going to stop doing something or start doing something? What will you prioritize with the remaining days that you have left? What will become most important to you? You know, you and I, right now, we are closer to Jesus coming than any other generation has ever been. Think about it. No one has ever been closer to the return of Jesus Christ than you and I right now. And if I say it again, that you and I right now are even closer still to Jesus' return, I can go on and on. Now seriously, these are truly exciting times. I just read the other day that Sweden has started implanting its citizens with microchips containing their vaccination pass information. The pandemic these past two years has hastened the more widespread use of digital money, of cryptocurrencies, and online banking. This has affected the way we buy and sell, the way we trade, as we shall see in the end times, in the time of the tribulation, where one person will control the world. There are so many things happening around us that make us wonder, how close really are we? I'm not saying these things to stir up conspiracy theories and what have you. 66 times we are told in the Bible to be watchful. And being watchful doesn't mean to watch everybody else so that you can criticize them. Being watchful means to watch what is going on in our world in order to realize how close we really are. When I browse the online Sunday services of other churches, both here and abroad, I cannot help but observe that most of the churches today are talking about the same theme, how to be prepared, how to be ready for the end times, for the second coming of Christ. I believe this is no coincidence since all of us believers have the same spirit from God indwelling us. That's why this same topic is being impressed in the hearts of many preachers as being the most relevant to our time. This is a time unlike any other in the history of humanity. COVID crisis, calamities, racial tensions, social injustice, economic fallout, which leads us back to the question, how close are we? How then do we prepare for Jesus' return? While others are looking for mystical signs, Christians should look to the Bible for answers. And the scriptures has a lot to say about this. Moses, in Psalm chapter 90, verse 12, reminds us, Since you only live once, since YOLO, since life is short and frail, 
and unexpected since Jesus is coming back. Therefore, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. To number our days doesn't mean counting our days, but making our days count. Why? Why should we make our days count? So that we may live wisely. The message translation says, Teach us to live wisely. Teach us to live well. Now, how do we live wisely? The Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 to 17 tells us, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Another translation puts it this way, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. From these verses, there are three indicators of how to live wisely. First, to live wisely is to walk circumspectly. To walk circumspectly is to walk carefully, to walk cautiously. It means to walk with precision, with accuracy, in an exact way. Let me illustrate. In many of our short-term mission trips to remote places in the provinces, there were instances when we had to use oil lamps or flashlights to lit our way at night when it is pitch dark all around us. So we are supposed to shine the flashlight on the ground and then walk carefully step by step. If you take your flashlight off the ground, chances are you won't be able to see your next step. And that's the idea here. So you should walk carefully so you would not fall down or fall off. Another example is, have you ever seen a cat walking on top of a wall with broken glasses and razor wire cemented on top? How the cat would place its paw in between the broken glasses and the razor wire, walking carefully as it makes its way across the wall. That's the idea here. That's the idea of walking circumspectly. That's that we are to step carefully, purposefully. And we are not to walk as fools, but as wise. Now there's a play on words here. The Greek word for wise, sophos or saphoi, is where we get the word sophisticated or sophia, meaning wisdom. It says, not as asaphoi or not as asophos, not as unwise. You put an A in front of sophos to make it negative. The word for fool here does not mean stupid idiot or dumb. The idea is one who is careless, one who gives little thought to their life or to their future. The Bible repeatedly uses the metaphor of walking to describe the journey that you and I call life. Now, why are we to walk circumspectly? Because if we don't pay attention to walk carefully, we will be in danger. 
If you take your eyes off the path, it takes just one wrong step to put your life in danger. You don't have to walk very far away from God to be in trouble. That's why our theme for 2022 is walk closely, live wisely. Can we say that together? Walk closely, live wisely. Walk carefully, circumspectly, if we are to live wisely. Now, why are we to walk circumspectly? Because our life is precious before God. Our life is valuable before Him, no matter what we did. And when something is precious, you handle it cautiously, carefully, like a treasure. Now, why are we to live wisely? Because someday, we all have to give an account to God. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 10 reminds us, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, knowing that we all have to give an account. Let us live circumspectly, and that is being wise. For if we are truly wise, we will stand in that day of judgment. From Ephesians 5 verse 16, the second thing we need to live, we need to do to live wisely is to redeem the time. Redeem the time. Another translation says, make the most of every opportunity or to make the best use of our time. Make the most of the time that you have left. And what is referred here is not the amount of time, but the quality of time. Seize every opportunity. Now, we don't buy time. We have been given time as a gift from God. We humans, we exchange our time for things that we value. And most people work. We exchange our time for money, for financial remuneration. Some exchange their time for loving their children or for caring for others. Your time reflects what you consider as valuable. To redeem your time is to use your time wisely. Now, how do we make the best use of our time? One is to indulge in our loved ones, to allow ourselves to enjoy the pleasure of being with the people that God has put in our lives. Nobody in their deathbed ever say, I wish I spent more time at work. Nobody in their deathbed ever say they wish they had worked harder. I never heard a dying person say, I wish I spent more time in the office. Make the most of every opportunity to love the people in your life. Two is to invest in God's people. May we have only one goal, and that is to make disciples, to walk with them, to grow with them, to journey with them, and that's what will strengthen us as a church this year. Three is to introduce Christ to the lost. Colossians chapter 4, verse 5 reminds us, Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity to share with them. Finally, according to Ephesians chapter 5, to be wise is to understand the will of God. If you understand what God's will is for you and live it out, that is living wisely. This is not just knowing, but applying. 
Matthew 7 verse 24 tells us, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house upon the rock. Wise living does not happen by knowing God's will. It is in doing God's will. And the Bible tells us, those who are wise shall shine as a brightness of the sky, and they that lead many to righteousness are like the stars forever and ever. Those who are wise have life because they understand God's will and do it. For eternal life is to know the Father and Him whom He sent, which is Christ Jesus. My dear friends, based on these three indicators from Ephesians chapter 5, can you say that you are living wisely? Can you say that you are walking carefully? Let's go a step further. How do we now relate walking carefully and living wisely to the last days, to the end times. In Matthew chapters 24 and 25, Jesus challenges his disciples to get ready for his return through the so-called parables of preparation or parables of his second coming. I won't go into the details on each of these parables, but let me draw out the main points of what we need to do to be ready for his return. Notice that all three parables have these three things in common. First, all of them have the same theme of a master and his followers, either master and servant or bridegroom and bridesmaids. Second, common to all these three is that there's a long delay before the master comes back. And third, the master's unexpected return. He comes back when least expected. Each of these three parables focuses on a particular aspect of preparing for Jesus' return. First, the parable of the two servants in Matthew chapter 24 verses 45 to 51 focuses on the right attitude in preparing for his return. The story tells us of a master who is away and his return is delayed. While he is gone, the wise servants simply go about their business doing the master's will. The foolish servants, however, get drunk and mistreat their fellow servants. When the master unexpectedly returns, the wicked servants face judgment for their deeds while those who are doing what they are supposed to be doing are rewarded. The message here is doing what is right, doing what you believe God wants you to do in these last days as you await His return. Even when the world tells you to just eat, drink, and be merry, and do what your heart desires since you only live once, since YOLO, just like what the foolish servants did. This relates to the first part of our theme, to walk closely, to walk circumspectly, to walk wisely. 
The first of the three indicators that we mentioned earlier, we need to straighten up our life, to put our house in order because we know Jesus is coming back. So how do you prepare for Jesus' return? Be right by doing what is right, by doing what Christ has commanded us to do. We should be living a lifestyle that glorifies Him and shows people what Jesus looks like. And in order to do that, we cannot be lazy, we cannot be complacent, we cannot be passive or inactive, and we cannot procrastinate. Because the goal is to live as if He is coming back any moment, just as the wise servants did. The Master's delay is none of our concern. Our job is simply to keep doing what is right until He finally shows up. Second, the parable of the ten virgins in Matthew chapter 25, verses 1 to 13, focuses on being fully prepared. Fully prepared. There are ten virgins waiting outside a wedding feast. The term used here, virgins, gives us a strong hint that this is the church because we, the church, are made pure, are made sinless, are washed by the blood of Jesus. It is not those who don't know Jesus. It is you and I who follow Jesus. Five are wise and five are foolish. This shows us that we always have a choice. We can choose to be wise or to be foolish, as all three parables illustrate. Again, the bridegroom is delayed, and as such, the lambs of the ten virgins have gone out. When he, the, bride, the bridegroom, unexpectedly arrives, the five wise virgins, being completely prepared, brought extra oil in order to relit their lambs. The five foolish virgins have a lamp, but they did not have with them extra oil. And while they are off to buy more oil, the bridegroom opens the door and invites the completely prepared virgins to come into the feast. When the five others returned, they are too late and are left out in the darkness. Unlike today, where if the wedding is 3 o'clock, you expect the groom to be in the church at 3 o'clock. Back then, they would not know. There were no cell phones, no gadgets, no social media to tweet that the groom is coming. They believe he is coming, but they don't know exactly when. But the instruction to them is, your job, your responsibility is to be ready. You know, we are all like the bridesmaids, waiting for Jesus, our groom, to come back. We are to be wise, and to be wise is to be prepared. This is the second indicator that we mentioned earlier, to make the best use of time, of every opportunity to make ourselves ready. There are two key words in this parable. The first is the word extra, extra oil. The foolish virgins took their lambs but did not take any extra oil with them. They made no plan for delays. 
And that makes the whole difference. In the same way, foolish people only do what they absolutely have to do to get by. They don't do anything additional. But the wise knows how to prepare, either by getting up a little bit earlier every morning to spend time with God to have that extra oil. Others would put in additional time to pray each day or to invest in their relationship with God. Yes, you may already be attending our online Sunday worship services, but could you not do something a little extra to keep that fire going until He returns? So let me ask you, starting today, what is that extra thing that you could do as you await Jesus' return? Let me repeat. Starting today, what is that extra thing that you could do as you await Jesus' return? It's always a choice, as you can see, a decision that we have to make. Wisdom is available to everyone, but we can be foolish if we choose to. The second key word here is the word now. To be wise is to do now what, we, what you will be happy later. To be wise is to do now what will make you happy later. Start doing now what you know you need to do so that you will be rewarded later. How many of you who are in your 50s or 60s, you really wished you have started saving up when you were in your 20s. What a difference it would make if we do now what we can do and should do to be ready for Jesus' return. The foolish virgins missed the groom's return while they were gone doing what they should have done now or that's before. Wise people are willing to sacrifice now to do now and later get rewarded for it. You know, one of the greatest pitfalls we can have as we await Christ's return is to think that we still got all the time in the world. A story is told of Satan training up three apprentices. He asked the first one, So what are you going to do to deceive all of humankind to keep them from being saved? The first one said, well, I'm going to tell them that there is no God. Satan said, mm, I'm not sure that will work. You are not going to deceive many. The second one said, I'm going to tell them that there is no hell. Satan said, You will get more than the first one, but that's not good enough. So he asked the third one, What are you going to do to deceive all of humankind? And the third apprentice said, I'm going to tell them that there's no need to hurry. There's plenty of time. Satan was very pleased. Very good. You are going to deceive millions. I think that deception is going on even right now. The scoffers would say, there's no hurry. God has delayed for 2,000 years. What's the hurry? It's 2021 already. We've gone through this pandemic thing. We're still here. Where's the second coming that they've been preaching about? 
We've still got time. Don't deceive yourselves, my friends. The signs are there. The indicators are there. The warnings are there. Are you wise or are you foolish? The wise gets ready now. They live as if Jesus is coming today. The message here is to wake up, sleepy Christians, and live ready, live prepared, not to scramble to get ready when the time comes. Question is, how about you? Are you living ready? What will you start doing now to prepare for his return? Third, the parable of the talents in Matthew chapter 25 verses 14 to 30 focuses on being faithful, being faithful. A master entrusts three of his managers or stewards with a financial task. They are each given talents or a large amount of money according to their ability. When the master departs, two of the stewards willingly put their money to work and they double the amount that is entrusted to them. The third one, however, simply buries the talent in the ground. When the master returns after a long time, same theme here, the willing servants are rewarded while the third servant is condemned to his unwillingness to even try. Now here's the danger. When you have been waiting for a long time, and you don't feel like anything is happening, and it doesn't look like anything is happening, we are tempted to stop being faithful, to just do nothing. This is the crucial part where the battle is won or lost. Just because Jesus' return is delayed doesn't mean that we should not be ready or not to remain faithful. All the more we should. Even though he hasn't returned yet, you got to make your mind to keep on keeping on. You got to stay committed to what you are entrusted with. Whether your reward is soon or delayed, remain faithful to invest your time, your talent, and your treasures in serving him. And this is the third indicator that we mentioned earlier. To be wise is to understand and do God's will. Dear friends, when Jesus returns this year, will he find you faithful? Will he find you faithful? Ten virgins, five wise, five foolish, two groups of servants, one wise, one foolish, three stewards, two wise, one foolish. What will you choose? Basically, these three parables are really all saying the same thing in a different way. Jesus' return in all three parables follow this pattern. First, a master delayed. Second, a time of testing awaits those who are left. And then, the unexpected return. So how do you prepare in the time of testing? You better do what is right, right now. You better be prepared, right now. You better remain faithful, right now. 
Why? Because in the fourth parable in Matthew chapter 25, verses 30 to 46, the parable of the sheep and the goat, it reminds us that the time is going to come when we all are going to give an accounting with what we have done, with what God has given us while we are still here on earth. The parable of the sheep and the goat tells us what will happen to the wise and to the foolish on that day that he returns. Are you ready for Jesus to come back? So what have you done with your time? What have you done with your money? What have you done with your spiritual gifts? Let's be the wise servants. Let's be the wise virgins. I pray that you don't live your life in such a way when Jesus indeed returns, you would look back and all you have in your life are regrets. That must be the most terrible, empty feeling when you didn't do what you should have done when you should have done it and now it's too late. For our action point today and for this year, I want to encourage you at the beginning of 2022 to do this wisdom challenge. Now, how does this work? Every day for the next 363 days, I want you to do one thing each day to get ready to prepare yourself for Jesus' second coming. It can be as simple as giving an extra five minutes each day to read the Bible or spending an extra few hours a week to help someone spiritually. Every time the Lord shows you something that needs to be done to get ready, do it now. Write them on a notebook or a journal so that you can keep track of what you need to do. Then do this on a regular basis. Can we do that? Let me close with this story about Johnny Erickson that she shared about her wedding day. Johnny was paralyzed in a diving accident as a teenager and she draws this parallel between her wedding day and the day that Jesus will return for us, the church, the bride of Christ. The day Johnny was to be married to Ken Tada, they rearranged the church building and built a ramp at the center of the aisle so that she could, in her motorized wheelchair, come down the aisle. She was dressed in a beautiful white dress and she got flowers in her hair and a bouquet on her lap. At the time, right before her entry to walk down the aisle, at the moment when she was all by herself and her father was already waiting at the middle of the aisle, the wheel of her wheelchair suddenly rolled over her white wedding dress, making a big black grease mark on it. Then the bouquet of daisies she was holding fell to the side of her wheelchair, got stuck in the wheel, and was completely crushed. She began to weep because this moment that she has been waiting for, that she has been looking forward to, she suddenly felt dirty and helpless. Then she lifted her eyes 
and looked down the aisle and saw her groom, her husband-to-be. This is what she said, and I quote, When I saw Ken, I discovered that if I focus on him, how handsome, how radiant, how good, how gracious he was to marry me. If I could just focus on him, then I wouldn't mind having a grease spot, then I wouldn't mind the flowers. But as long as I thought that it's all about me, I was unhappy, but the more I focus on him and his handsome face, then nothing else matters and everything is okay. End of quote. Brothers and sisters, this is how it is going to be at the second coming. We all come with our grease on our clothes and damaged bouquets. We all come feeling helpless and dirty. But one look into our groom, Jesus Christ, and all else wouldn't matter. All your preparations for that day will be all worth it. Satan wants you distracted, living superficially, living for the moment, but God wants you to focus on Jesus, living intentionally, keeping his return in sight all the time. Life in this last of the last days are difficult, marred by conflict and disasters, saddened by separation and the deaths of our loved ones. Sometimes we just wish we would go home. And we wonder, what is this world coming to? And God's answer to us is, the day of his son's return, when he will make all things right, when he will wipe every tear from our eye. But we are told in James chapter 5, Brothers and sisters, be patient. The Lord will come. So don't give up. Keep hoping. Keep holding on. Have you ever wondered why Jesus didn't just tell us the exact day when he is coming back? I believe he did not tell us on purpose because he wants us to live each day as if he is coming back any moment. My dear friends, are you living each day as if Jesus is coming back today? We often ask God the question, Lord, when are you coming back? Are we there yet? But I think the right question to ask should be, Am I there yet? Am I ready? As we reflect on the response song, let us ask ourselves once again, If the Lord is to come today, am I ready? If you want 2022 to be your best year ever, you should start living every day as if it is the day that Jesus is coming back. We should not waste any time here. Let us prepare ourselves because when he comes, I don't want any one of us to be left outside of the celebration. 
Let me leave you with this verse. 1 John chapter 2, verse 28 reminds us, And now, dear children, continue in Him. Keep doing what is right. Be ready. Remain faithful. So that when He appears, we may be confident and not ashamed before Him at His coming. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, you know how challenging it is for us to live in these last days, how uncertain life is, how transient our existence. Help us to be comforted by looking forward with hope to the day that your Son, Jesus Christ, has promised to come back for us, that He is right now preparing a place for us. Help us to realize that we will all stand before you on that day of judgment and we will all have to give an account of what we have done with the life that we have been given. I pray that everyone watching this, including myself, 
that we will be prepared, we will be ready for that day. In the time that we have left, may we indeed be watchful to do what you want us to do. May we strive to remain faithful in following you. May we, the NMEC family, be a wise church that we may walk closely and live wisely in these last days. Help us to stay awake so as not to miss out on what you are doing. Instead, may we make best use of our time and our opportunity while we still can. Help us to understand your will by knowing you more, by knowing your word. There's always more of your spirit that you want us to experience. Father, if any one of us here is praying, Lord, I want to know you more. I want to know your will more. Answer our prayer. Help us to want you more. Reveal more of yourself and your will to us. And help us that we may continue to cultivate, to deepen our relationship with you. For those who are listening and you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can do that now. Say yes to him today. Do not wait till the very end before you make the decision because it may be too late. Just say, I choose to accept your gift of eternal life through your Son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for dying for me. Forgive me of my sins, for I repent of them. It is my desire to follow you. Pray that prayer today. Father, we thank you for your goodness and for your grace all throughout 2021, that despite the challenging times, despite the pandemic, we know that you are with us, your people. I pray for our church family, as well as for everyone watching this, that you will continue to shield us with your presence. Give us the wisdom and the grace to apply what we have heard. Help us to make this year our best year because we lived it for you. This is our prayer in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And all of God's people say, Amen. Amen. The communion is a reminder to us that Jesus is coming back. He shall return and he is coming soon. Yes, it is a remembrance of what Jesus did on the cross. But the Lord's Supper also looks forward to the future because Jesus is coming again. And we are proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes. As he gave his disciples the cup, Jesus pointed them to his future return. He says, I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. The book of Revelation portrays a great feast for the marriage supper of the Lamb. And Jesus intentionally points us, his followers, towards this future hope where we will dine with him in person. As such, the bread and the cup prompt us to get ready and be prepared for that day when he shall come. Just like we spend time to prepare ourselves when we attend dinner invites, so must we do likewise for the glorious feast. Therefore, 
when we celebrate communion, we remember God's work of redemption in the past, we proclaim His grace in the present, and we look forward to Jesus' return in the future. It is a joyful, thankful, and hopeful celebration as we reflect on God's grace to us through Jesus Christ. Let us now come together to partake of the bread and the cup. The Lord Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body given up for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Yaso Then he took the cup, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Yaso teki poi lai kong, tike poi si yengwai hui, so dipe sin yok, din muin chpai di mesi, tio anikia, witeo si ki diam gua, lan kiong kiong, sakap lai nya siu ki diam zu. We'll conclude with the Lord's Prayer. You can pray in English or Chinese according to your preference. And now for some announcements. In spite of everything that has happened in 2021, there are still so many things to be thankful for, to give you an opportunity to give back to the Lord for all His countless blessings, you may consider giving to our New Year Thanksgiving offering. Our goal for this year is to raise 12 million pesos. You are under no obligation to give, but if it is your prayerful desire to worship and thank God through your offering, please kindly check out our Facebook page as to how you can give. Your generous giving allows us to carry out the mission of New Millennium Evangelical Church to be what God has called us to be. And your giving is going to bless a lot of people all around the world. NMEC has partnered with Kowi Care Caravan and Philippine International Disaster Response Network in extending assistance to those affected by typhoon Odette in the Visayas and Mindanao regions. 100,000 has been given to each organization. Relief packs were distributed through partner churches in Surigao, Bohol, Leyte, Cebu, 
Dinagat Islands and Palawan. I just cannot thank you enough for your generosity and outpouring of support for our Calamity Fundraising. We received a total of 224000 as of last week, exceeding our initial goal of 200000 The additional amount collected will be used to help families of NMEC North members who were also affected by the typhoon. Our next adult baptism will be held on March 6. If you are at least 14 years of age, have accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, and are willing to profess your faith in public, you may register for the Membership 101 classes that will be held on four consecutive Sundays starting on February 6 from 8.30 to 9.30 a.m. Perfect attendance in all four sessions is a requirement for baptism. On the other hand, if you are already baptized, have worshipped with us regularly for at least six months, and would like to join NMEX Growing Family, you may apply for church membership by enrolling in the same class. In consideration of government guidelines, registrants should be fully vaccinated. Interested persons may get in touch with Pastor Phoebe Yu or with the church office. Next, in place of our weekly prayer points, we are right now in the process of considering how to more effectively disseminate our church's prayer items as well as our members' prayer concerns. Lastly, if we wish to know more about NMEC, we encourage you to follow our Facebook page or to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Have a blessed new year again to all of you. Thank you for worshiping with us on this first Sunday of the year. May you continue to join us in the Sundays ahead. Now, may we receive the benediction. May the Lord bless and keep you this 2022. May His face continue to shine upon you and may He be gracious to you. May He lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the encouragement and comfort of the Holy Spirit be upon us all, all throughout this year. We love you. We thank God for each one of you. And we are praying for you. Remember, the best is yet to come. Thank you.